Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau. Before I jump into today's episode, I wanted to clarify something I said on the last podcast with columnist Scott Osler. During the episode, I told an anecdote from a sit-down interview with the Jazz's Donovan Mitchell in November. After talking recently with a Jazz spokesman, I learned that I had been mistaken about some of the details of that story. The Jazz had been worried that I was too sick at that time to interview Donovan, and Donovan is not a germaphobe. Now, on to today's episode. I'm joined by Wes Goldberg, the Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. During our conversation, Wes and I fielded a bunch of pressing questions from readers to help us get through the quarantine. Wes, thank you so much for joining me. I'm not I'm not just saying on the podcast, I'm saying just in general, because I was starting to lose my mind. As you know, I'm the type of person who requires social interaction to be sane. And so uh, being the good friend you are, you came out from San Francisco to Alameda. Uh, we have a big purpose, not be, not just the podcast, but we have to wake up and buy Nintendo switches tomorrow. That's right. Uh, because our local, my local target is getting them in. So well, that's going to be a big let's moment. Let's be clear. You said that there was going to be beer here. So I showed up and that was really all it took. And then you said, well, we should do a podcast. So you kind of sprung this on me, but it's okay. Uh, it's our last night of actual freedom before California initiates this almost lockdown where yeah. we can't do anything or be around anybody. So look, happy to be here. And, you know, what better to do on our last night of freedom than record a podcast? Yeah, you know, because we're we're just that into our jobs. No, but honestly, and I, I told you this off off the air, Wes, is that I'm I kind of need to find work to do just so I you know can stay mentally stable. Like it's nice to have something that keeps your mind working. If you're just laying in bed all day watching Netflix, that that that's not super conducive Any to good shows a healthy mindset. Uh, what am I watching right now? I, I'm watching Better Call Saul because the new season yep. is 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 happening. Yep. So that's been exciting every week. You know, watching the new episodes. Uh, I think the new the new season is probably the best season, season wow. five. So it's been great. Uh, and then beyond that, I, I've been watching old Simpsons episodes. I've been watching a bunch of like Netflix Netflix documentaries. Yeah, I highly recommend the Little Peep documentary. Okay. Uh. I'm Loki obsessed with Little Peep now after watching that documentary. Uh, we were just listening to him before recording this podcast. Yep. Uh, what about you? What have you been watching? I actually had a chance to finish two shows that I had already been watching. Uh, so I finished Fleabag, which is, I know I'm late on that. Oh my God, if you haven't watched Fleabag, now's the freaking time to go ahead and watch that. Uh, and then I finished Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, most of my friends who like that are women. I don't know if I'm like not the demo for it, but she's Jewish from a Jewish family in New York. So I feel at home and at peace yeah. with it. So I'm very happy with, with watching it. It kind of hits home on a lot of levels. And then after that, I don't know. I'm just, I've read a couple books now. Like, yeah. Really wow. Trying. What a thought. I'm like reading other things than basketball. Wow. So I'm like really, I think expanding my horizons. It's really hard to read books in season. Yeah. Um, so I, I did order a couple books on Amazon. I'm rereading Breaks the Game, which basketball might be book. my favorite <laughs> book of all time. Yes, uh, basketball book. Um, one thing that I, I did also watch on Netflix, and I it's probably not for everyone, but The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Have you heard of that? No. It's extremely is the, disturbing. Is that that comedian? No, really not fun? at all. It's the opposite of that. It's no. uh, it's about a It's about an eight-year-old boy who is – Tortured to death in L.A. Wow, uh, great podcast content. Yes, maybe but get, maybe we get into the material. But it here. was it stuck with me. And if you're looking for something to, you know, Have nightmares about. Well, if you're looking for something to be kind of affected on a deeper what about level, lighthearted. <laughs> I'm answering your question, man. I I watched it. It was. It's weird to call something like that good, but it was. <laughs> Uh, Don't we have other questions? It was deep. We have yes. Other, have other so we're moving on. We're moving on. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that. But um, we, I, I'm doing a mailbag this week, and I got a ton of good questions on the mailbag, and some of them I are I'm not I'm not going to be able to answer all of them because I got so many. But uh, I, I've highlighted a few of them that I wanted to go over for the podcast, and I think all of these are timely. Some of them are related to. The future of the NBA season. Some of them are related to the draft, uh, but they're all pertinent and they can, all can kind of help us fight the doldrums of uh, 
of the early, I guess, nice. NBA offseason. Clay Thompson's favorite <laughs> word. Um, so I'm just going to jump right into it. Uh, the first question I got is, which warrior would you want to be stuck in quarantine with? Mm. I'll include their pets too. Now, this is from at JD Treat, T-R-E-A-T, number two. Which warrior would you want to be stuck in quarantine with? I'll include pets in there too. That's a great question. I love it. I feel like JD Treat Treat number two. I feel like I made that up and just asked him to do it. That's how good it was. Uh, He's really baiting us into just answering Clay Thompson, right? With the the pets thing. He is. Does Steph have have pets? He does. He's a dog. Dog. Not as popular. It's like a family dog, you know. Um, Jordan Poole has cats. Yes. Uh, I it, it, does, it doesn't Pasquale have to be. Dog. It doesn't have to be pets. He well, said, I want, I'm just taking. He said I'll include their pets. I'm, ta- I'm taking an inventory here because it all matters. Um, look, Clay Thompson and Rocco is an easy one to be in quarantine with. I do, however, feel like you would get in trouble very quickly with Clay Thompson, based wow. on the things that he did at Washington State. Like <laughs> they're not drug testing in NBA right now. <laughs> Relevant. <laughs> um, but, like, okay, so what Clay Thompson likes to do, like he is the best suited for the quarantine, correct? Because he basically did – he was in quarantine for several years at Washington State. That's basically what Pullman, Washington is, is being in quarantine. <laughs> so he knows and he understands knows how to have fun. Is. Yeah. So, like, he's good. Just give him a Nintendo 64 with Mario Kart. He's good. Me, I can't do that. I, I like, I'm probably going to buy a Nintendo Switch, too. I'm going to buy some games. And I already know my attention span is about 15 minutes worth of games. And then I'm over it. And Clay Thompson's going to want to play video games for like seven hours straight. So I can't, I can't be roomies with Clay Thompson during this quarantine. I honestly have no idea. I, can I pick nobody? Like, I don't know. Can I, does that have to be players? That's a cop out. Does that have to be players? I, he, he, the question was, which warrior? So I don't think that just I has to Steve be Kerr. players. I pick Steve Kerr. Okay. Because uh, I think he would enjoy the back-to-back political conversation. Um, I think he's got an attention span like me where he has to be involved in a lot of different things, reading about a lot of different things, discussing a lot about. Yeah, you could, if you were in quarantine with him, you wouldn't feel, it wouldn't be a situation where you had to just entertain each other all, all the time. You right. could both go read your books. You could right. read, yep. you know, watch TV and it'd be like a chill environment, yeah. which I think is the ideal quarantine buddy. You don't want someone that you feel you have to constantly be entertaining. Correct. Who'd so your, who'd your selection be? Who would my selection be? Um, my select. I gotta think through the roster for a second because the truth is about this team is all these guys are good guys, um, and there's several of these guys that I think I would genuinely enjoy hanging out with um, in my free time. One guy who I I think would be a lot of fun and also a chill guy is Juan Descano Anderson. Mm. Uh, I know you and I are both in the early stages of getting to know him, but we've both had sit downs with him and he's a really down to earth, chill, easygoing dude who I think we could have a couple beers and watch Netflix and, you know, watch some stand up comedy and, and just have a good time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with him. Yeah. Uh, I do think that clay is a solid option, but I think clay is the type of thing where, you would end up playing Mario Kart for six straight hours, which is not necessarily like what I want to do with my time. Right. So, and it it, it might be a situation where you're just kind of sitting there watching him play video games. Right. Which Clay's a great guy, but. Who would be the last warrior you want want to get in a corner? Oh, that's, that's, that's going to get us in trouble. Okay. Um, Next question. Yeah. (laughs) I will say. I know who mine is. I will say that there's <laughs> – if you had asked me that question a year ago, I would have had a couple mm-hmm. obvious answers. Right mm-hmm. now, it's not as obvious because I genuinely think that all the guys on the team are good guys. So uh, Not Jordan Bell. Got it. <laughs> um, and the next question, this comes from at Icy Marquise. I like that. Uh, Icy Marquise. Uh, I wonder who his favorite warrior is. Is uh, – any read on Warriors feel on Denny Avia? And Denny Avia, for those who haven't been following the draft super closely, is a forward prospect, about 19, a 19-year-old forward prospect out of Israel. He's playing with Maccabee Tel Aviv, which is a, a big EuroLeague team. 
Um, the biggest Euroleague team. Yeah, the biggest Euroleague team. And he is uh, gaining a lot of traction as a, a potential top five guy. He, he was, he's been lottery the whole time, uh, but he's starting to surface as, as a top five guy. And I think that's because this draft is has so many unknowns, um, and he is considered super high upside. He's playing meaningful minutes for McAbee at in what is essentially the second best yep. league in the world. Yep. He's averaging 12.3 points per game. In twenty point six minutes, um, you know that's pretty darn good for a nineteen year old. Look, I, I think that he is rising up draft boards right now. He's nineteen. He's got a ton of potential. He's super athletic. He dunks with both hands. He's got a nice little post game. He used to play point guard, and then he just grew, so he couldn't play point guard anymore. He's six nine right now at nineteen years old. He could grow again. I mean, he could grow another inch right. or two. Um, he like this is this is gonna get a lot of people's you know hopes up right now, but. Watching him, he sort of looks like Giannis. Like, dude, no, I'm just saying, like, in you his, can't like, throw out a name like Giannis, like, in, like that weird, like, lanky way. And he just, like, you know, you look, like, you blink and he's dunking on you, kind of thing. Like, it's just like, oh, how did he get to that point already? Like, he wasn't supposed to be at the rim at that point. Uh, so I, there's a little bit of that stuff. And I think that's what's inspiring his rise up the draft boards is because there's so much unknown. But we know so much about these guys who are in the draft right now, and we're not really enthused about the things we know about these guys in the draft. Yeah. Uh, and so I think for him and a guy like James Wiseman, almost the fact like that Denny is playing overseas and is 19 years old and has boatloads of potential, and James Wiseman hasn't played for months, right. uh, is almost going to help their cases. Right. But with Wiseman, you play center. So either you want a seven-footer or you don't, right, at the top of the draft. And then with a guy like LaMelo Ball, either you want a guy who is ball dominant and can lead your offense, right. or you don't. Right. Anthony Edwards, I think, is more versatile than those other two. And I think for most of the this time right now, it's been those three guys in the discussion for the number one overall pick. Uh, whoever gets the number one pick, those are kind of the three names that we keep seeing. There's a chance that Denny ends up sliding into that top three just because of his versatility and his potential. My personal opinion, and I'm not a scout, but... I think that Denny is more deserving of top three consideration than Lamelo Ball. Yeah, uh, I think he's more polished. I think he's he's proven himself at a higher level. They're the same age. Um, like the thing with Lamelo is is he a good passer? Yeah, um, his shooting is better than at this point than his brother's was. Uh, defensively, there's stuff that you like there, but you'd like him to try a little bit harder on that end. Uh, in transition, he pushes the pace. He makes next level reads. I mean, he's a, he's his core vision is incredible. Those kick ahead it's passes incredible. are nuts. Yeah. I mean, the guy. I mean, he could be he could be on the other side. Like he could literally just get a rebound and just know exactly where his teammate is, and he just makes these lob passes that are unbelievable sometimes. But unless you need that, then I don't really see what other value he has. You know, unless you right. really need somebody to run your offense. So I look like at a team that needs a point guard that would be good for. Somebody who ha- who needs a point guard but has or has the potential to get a top score. Because Lamelo's not going to be your top scorer. He's going to run your offense. Okay? And so for the Warriors, they've got Steph and they've got Draymond. Right. They don't have any need for Lamelo Ball whatsoever. I will say, and you, you know this as well as I do, when you're drafting that early in the draft, it's not about team need. It's not about positional need. It's about the best player available. Sure. And I don't think they're going to be worried. And that and that's been my big thing about whenever t- people talk about James Wiseman. Oh, they need a center. That's not how they're going to pick this pick. That's not how they're going to approach the draft. They're not going to. And first of all, they would disagree with you that they need a high scoring center. They're not going to pay a center ten million dollars a year. Yeah, they're not. Yeah. So um, like I I've talked to people in the Warriors front office about Denny, but not in a while. Like yeah. the last time I talked to someone about. Denny was back in like late November. So before he kind of rose up. Yeah, and he he's really come on strong the yeah. last couple months because he's he really hadn't played at this level till this year and and the beginning first half of the season he wasn't getting much playing time and yeah. in the past couple months he's really emerged as a guy for that team. And uh, and if you look at that roster, I believe that Jonas Drebko's on that team. Yep. Like there's guys that the average NBA fan would know, and he's outplaying a lot of them. So the thing with Denny is, look, first of all, whether or not the Warriors pick him, it'll depend on where they end up with the pick. If they have the first pick, they're not going to pick Denny at number one. They're just not going to do that. Uh, but 
if you look at what the Warriors need, they need two things. They need length and they need athleticism and they need it on the perimeter. And he is those two things. What they need the most out of this pick is they need someone who has the potential to become the face of the franchise once, once Steph no, I get and it. them. I, 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 that's the, the goal. That's the goal. They don't need it. I do think he has that type of potential. Danny does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he, he could, I think he, he you know, who he kind of reminds me of, uh, Danilo Gallinari. Now I'm not saying Gallinari is a legitimate face of the franchise guy, Very but, hard, but he's a good, but player. He's a good player. player. He's a good player. Uh, and, I don't know. I don't know that they need face of the franchise right now. I think what they need is somebody who can contribute within the next. I'm just years. saying would that would be the, the goal opposite. for this pick. I think the you're I, not going to get a top five pick probably. You know, outside, I guess 2021 potentially. I don't know that. That's, I guess I disagree protected. with that. Just I don't know that that's the goal. Like I, I, I think the goal would be to get somebody who can contribute within the next three or four years to a championship level team, and that might be the opposite of what you're talking about. That might not, or that might not necessarily align. I should say with what you're talking. About. Somebody who could be the face of the franchise, or would you rather get if you had, if you told them that you can get either Giannis right now, but like you get like the only the first three years of Giannis, which was not all that inspiring, uh, fine, but not great, right? I mean, you could see him coming on though. Yeah, but you you needed to he give was him even the, decent as a rookie. You needed to give him the ball a lot to get to where he was. I mean, you literally yeah. Jason Kidd had to make him a point guard before he got to where he was. Literally, right. um, you can't do that with this Warriors roster. What? How would Giannis's career have been different had that not happened? I don't. I, I think his his learning curve would have been a little bit longer, right? Right. Uh, or would you rather just get a guy who can whose ceiling is not nearly that high, but can contribute as one of your top seven or eight guys, right? Like not right away, but within the next couple of years, to a team that can win a championship. In an ideal world, you're getting could, both. No, obviously. which I think Anthony Edwards could be. I, I'm with you. Like I'm all in on Anthony Edwards. If Denny's in the conversation, the Warriors. Anthony Edwards is off the board. Mm-hmm. I'm I I I don't love Anthony Edwards as a prospect. I love Anthony Edwards for the Warriors. One thing people don't realize is that as the worst team in the NBA, assuming the NBA season is done, the Warriors will enter the lottery with 14% chance at the number one pick and nearly a 50% chance at the number five pick. So they can't draft worse than fifth, but the the chances of them getting the number five pick are way higher than them getting the number one pick. Right. So if they get the number five pick, they're probably looking at a guy like Denny. Yeah. Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um, What's well, the argument for Obi Toppin, right? Is that he can contribute right away, but his upside right. is very limited. I would right. And, and it's kind of, it, it, it kind of gets at what are they going to prioritize? And I think that a big part of this is what they're scouting on the Minnesota Timberwolves is by the way. Yeah. I think that Denny is a couple years away from being yeah. a legitimate rotation guy in the NBA. I agree. But I do think he has a high ceiling. And so it's 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 tough. But I do think he's more polished than a lot of 19-year-old Euro guys that come into the NBA. And I do think he could play NBA minutes next season. He could pl- You could put him in the post. He's, an, an, he's already an elite passer at his position. So whatever, like, minutes that you're giving – like, all this Dragon Bender stuff has been nice. He's much better than Bender. Already. And I, I I buy on and to your point earlier, the minutes he's playing right now in Israel are far more than what Bender was doing it in uh wherever Bender's from. But uh I, I think a lot of people don't realize that um a lot of he actually came from the same team, I believe. I believe he came from Maccabee, didn't he? I, I, I think he did, and he didn't play very much on yeah, that exact same team. He didn't play team. a lot overseas. Um and I think a lot of people don't realize is that even someone like Christos Porzingis wasn't playing that much on his Euroleague team before he was a top five pick. Yeah. Um, you know, There's but not and a it, lot it's, of guys it's who, like the guys who play a lot on their Euroleague teams are like, we're talking about the Ricky Rubio's, the Luka Doncic's. I'm not putting Denny in that spot. Right. Cause even if you got Ricky Rubio in the top five, you'd be like, that's a guy who has a long NBA career. With two very specific and valuable skill sets. By the way, Bender did play for the exact same team nice. as him. So, uh, and the thing with Denny is that he can pass for you from anywhere on the floor, right? And he's got a decent post game, and his shooting projects well. So it's getting can, better. And it's it was getting so better. bad. To and so the I think you could do worse than Denny, and I think that's what we're doing. So when it comes down to it, if I had a big board, at the top of my big board would be Anthony Edwards. 
I would not have, if I'm the Warriors. If I'm if my big board, I'm picking for the Warriors. Lamelo would not be on my list. I just want to pick him. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't either. James Wiseman, I would pick, but only to trade. He would never play for a second for the Warriors because I don't want to pay. It's nothing against James Wiseman. The comparisons to Joel and Beat are insane. Let's stop that right now. Yeah, physically they profile the same. Yeah, Joel and Beat on a skill level is on another stratosphere than James Wiseman. James Wiseman can run north to south and dunk the ball. Just because he takes threes doesn't mean he ought to be. Okay. Right. Joel Embiid was taking threes and making them at Kansas. He was good at it. And he was being compared, and let's remember this, to Akeem Olajuwon with his footwork right. coming out. James Wiseman's not even close to that. All right. So let's stop this nonsense with James Wiseman. If I took James Wiseman at the Warriors, it would be to literally trade him on draft night. Okay. So I would keep him in, at number two just because other teams value seven footers in a way that the Warriors don't. Uh, and then behind him, I'd probably have Denny. Yeah. Honestly, Denny's my second favorite player in terms of overall upside in the, in this draft. Yeah, um, I like Obi Toppin a lot, but I don't think his ceiling is that high. Right. Uh, I think Denny has the potential. I'm not saying he's going to be this, but I think he could be a multi-time officer. Are you getting Twitter messages all the time about how the Warriors need James Wiseman? Yes, and I'm tired of it. All right, so I was, can we just debunk that right now? I will. Anyone who's listening to this, the Warriors are not going to take. James Wiseman, at least for him to play for them. Maybe they're going to trade. Maybe it's a situation where they're drafting him for someone else, but they are not. He's never going to play for the Warriors. Uh, No one that I've talked to with the Warriors likes him. Uh, In fact, I've heard very strong opinions about how he's a future bust. Wow. Uh, I haven't heard that. Yes. But I've I've heard some other things to you where Wiseman's not really on their radar, right? As like a, a serious consideration. But like you only like you and I are hearing the same things, other than they think he's gonna bust. I had not, I had not heard that, but um, you don't, just read the tea leaves, folks. Look at what they have done with the center position during the Steve Kerr era. It has been a bullpen position, and not because it's had to be. Okay, they've chosen it to be. You oh, they tried it to Marcus Cousins. You know what? We don't know why they tried it to Marcus Cousins because he was a, the vitamin. He was a they signed him at the veteran minimum. Why wouldn't you do that? It was a no brainer. Right. Right. He called them and said, "I'll pay for I'll play for nothing." And so like, all right, uh, and so. They, they view that as a bullpen position. Right. They view the center spot as that because ultimately they would like to finish games small. And when you do that, you can't be paying a guy on the bench $10 million a year. And also don't forget, Marquise Chris is only a couple years older than James Wiseman. Give me Marquise Chris right now. Right? I would rather have Marquise Chris. He fits He fits their offense better. Yeah. He fits what they need out of that position better. Um, and, you know, and honestly, you need to spend – Especially in the modern NBA, you need to use a top five pick in general on a wing guy, Agreed. point guard. James Wiseman to me is Jared Allen. Jared Allen is a good player. I wouldn't pay him $10 million a year, and I wouldn't pick him number one overall. Right. And he wasn't, I think he was late lottery. He was late lottery. Yeah. Which is honestly, I'm good not a player. Yeah. I'm not at that time. Let's go, go with your wing I honestly think a lot of this with scouting is it's like, James Wiseman was the number one recruit in his class for yeah. all four years. And so simply because of that, and I'm not – maybe he was deserving of that. But simply because of that, automatically he's penciled in as a top five pick. Those two, those two things don't necessarily translate like And he hasn't that. played for Memphis. Okay? You know what I mean? He might have been – he could have been terrible for Memphis. He could have been great for Memphis. He was up and down in the few games he played. Yeah. Um, look, he could be a good NBA player. He's not going to play for the Warriors, and I want to. I'm really tired of seeing all these mock drafts saying he's going to go to the Warriors because yeah. they have a position. Most of the people that follow the Warriors are not going to listen to the podcast. If you are making a mock draft and you put that the Warriors are going to take James Wiseman number one overall, you don't know what's going on. Do more homework. Yeah, you have no idea, and I'm getting kind of tired of these people who put help. together these mock drafts who have no idea what's going on. Yeah. It's like why even put one together if you don't actually know what's happening? Uh, clicks. Yeah. True. But that's the world. I'm getting weir- weirdly upset about this. You really so, are. so we're gonna move on. <laughs> we're gonna move on. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay. We'll have more of my conversation with Wes Goldberg right after the break. The next question. Cabin fever. Couch tomato sixty two. Who I love Couch Tomato sixty two. She. She asked me questions every mailbag, and they're always this is her. This is her world right now. She's very happy. There are, she was like social distancing. Great, I'm going to sell. The, there are always questions that I enjoy answering. So thank you. Uh, her question today: Will the season be canceled? 
We don't even have the necessary test kits. I think this will go on until June. And how does all this affect the Olympics? Will they be canceled? So that this is obviously a super pertinent question. We're trying to figure this out ourselves. Can we talk about the Olympics first? Sure. I'd be shocked if they were not canceled. Really? What do we like? Come on. I mean, look, even if America and China both wanted to participate, is it just going to be those two? It's going to be those two in South Korea? Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Olympics like, is it, it's enough, such a, it's they, such a, there might not be enough participants. There's I mean, what, so what, much that has to, that goes into that. Europe is being decimated right now. What is happening in Italy is tragic. Okay. The last thing on their minds is whether or not they could field a team for all these several sports for the Olympics. Okay. I would be shocked if the Olympics happened at this point. I would. The easiest thing for them to do is say, you know what? Let's just push the Summer Olympics back into next year. That is the easiest thing for me to, for them to do. I would be surprised if that didn't happen. I mean, the opening ceremonies are July 24th. I mean, best case scenario, just in the U.S., we're looking at mid to late June. Yeah. Uh, and so much logistically has to happen for the Olympics to come together. You're right. Yeah. The odds of that happening and because feel it's so, minimal. It's so easy and if they them. do happen – it would it would be a shadow of what it'd be really weird. And honestly, the Olympics are the type of thing where you either do them right or you don't do them. You need yeah. you, you can't Salt have you can't have like key competitors not there and things like that. The easiest thing for them to do they, the infrastructure is already there. We don't know if the participants are there. Um, just push it back a, a year. You've got everything already in place. It would make the, make it would make the most sense. And by the way, in regards to the NBA season, even if they reconvene. In the middle of June, uh, they they're, they're going to be pushing playoffs until when the Olympics opening ceremonies are supposed to start, right? So best case scenario, if they come back in June, then they're they're starting the the playoffs. All these guys who are in the playoffs won't be able to participate in the Olympics. I mean, you still have Olympic trials. I mean, we're talking about opening ceremony, but we don't even know like they're supposed to go to Vegas and do all that the training camp and stuff like that. There's there's no way that basketball stuff happens with the Olympics. There's just no way because all those players play in the NBA. Right. Uh, there's just no, there's no freaking way. Uh, so I, I would be, again, I, my money is on them postponing it until 2021. It makes the most sense. I agree. Also, it was weird to celebrate. Like, the Olympics is a celebration of sports and fitness. Like literally, that's what it is. To do that in the midst of this pandemic would be really strange. And it, that is different than re, that's I, different I, than bringing back the NBA. I think we're way. just starting to realize the ripple effect of all this. It's gonna it's gonna take years for us to recover from yeah. this uh, economically. So socially, there, there's there's 50 deaths in the United States at the time of us recording that. This that is expected to exponentially increase this week. Unfortunately, um, there are people projecting a four percent hit. On the general U.S. population, that we're all going to get it at some point. That would be 130,000 people yeah. dead in the United States because of this thing, and we are at 50 right now. Right. So that it, we are not even close. We're in right now phase one of this thing, where it is contracting the virus. That is phase one, basically. Right. The next phase is when people literally start dying from this thing. We're not there yet. Right. This is only going to get worse. I right. mean, a week ago we were talking about not going into locker rooms. Right. Yeah. It, it was a three days ago that we were or a few days ago that we were talking about now maybe just playing in front of no fans. Yeah. And now it's the point where we're wondering if the thing's going to even come back in three months. A few nights ago, you and I and our friend Bram Hillsman, shout out to Warriors Huddle Podcast. We're out. We're out of we're at a bar in Oakland and it was the last time we went to a bar and we and Bram was saying, yo, enjoy this because pretty soon, probably the next 10 days to two weeks yeah. they're going to be closing all bars fast forward literally a day yeah they close all bars yeah and and so i think this thing is we're not even close to the peak and it's only gonna get worse and the reason i say this is not to be too dark or whatever but the reason i say this is because right now this question is can the nba season get canceled and i think a lot of people would say no because they're optimistic and they ought to be however this thing is only going to get worse, and the actual canceling of the NBA season is only going to seem more realistic in the next weeks, okay? And so I would not rule that out whatsoever, the entire cancellation of the season. And by the way, that would be the I think first it's time the it's likelihood happened. at this point. I, I think a lot of people would agree with you. I think it's the likelihood, and I think, I mean, you're looking at mid-June best-case scenario, probably. 
uh, uh, in terms of returning. If you if you return mid June, there's so many complications with that because you have a you have to figure out what do the playoffs look like, right? Where do you play? How long does that push everything back? Then you're pushing back the entire calendar. So for I, everything, I think that the I don't think that the NBA obviously they don't want to push back the calendar for next year. There's been a lot of talk about the NBA possibly starting the season in December, going doing your finals in summer where you're not. At what at what point do they get back on a normal track? Is, well, it just, is that just our new NBA season? People think that this would be a great way to just make that the new NBA season. My argument would be, I think Adam Silver wants to give a little bit more thought to that than just adjusting the entire calendar of the season. Because of a virus, right? Right. I, I think they would want a lot more thought into that. And by the way, there's a whole lot of other things that people don't. Consider, I mean, that's like the TV type of decision. Advertising sales and all that stuff. Virus aside, if they made the decision to do something like that, it would take years of research. You know, just so many right, yeah. studies and and things like that. I mean, there's a reason that uh, everybody's like, well, everybody, th- it's like a no brainer, okay? And this drives me crazy because everybody thinks that they're smarter than everybody else who's actually in charge of this stuff, right? Like th- that, the fact that you could just start the season. In December hasn't like occurred to Adam Silver. Like, come on, what are we, what are you kidding here? And by the way, everybody's like, well, the unofficial start of the season is is December twenty fifth. It's Christmas Day games. The NFL doesn't start on Thanksgiving just because everybody watches it on Thanksgiving. Right. You don't just combine two events and make it into one event. You're right. losing an event that way. Right. You wouldn't lose Opening Day and Christmas Day. You already have Opening Day and Christmas Day. Now you could change it to the beginning of December, sure. But there's a reason that no popular network television. You don't have any new shows coming out in the summer. There's a reason that nothing new happens in the summer. It's because everybody's on vacation. Nobody wants to be watching TV. Everybody wants to be outside. Like, who in their right mind on, on a beautiful summer day is going to be indoors watching basketball at 1 o'clock on a Sunday? Nobody right. wants to do that. So there's a reason why the, bas- the basketball season doesn't already go into the summer. Because nothing happens over the summer. Your Oscar movies don't come out in the summer. Nothing happens over the summer. Right. That's, I'm off my soapbox. I, I personally think that they should cancel the season. Like just completely cancel. So the one thing that they could do, and, and look, can, I know, I know, it's easier for said yeah. than done. So much money's being lost, but so much money's already being lost. Like I could, I could argue morally, they should keep it. Um, Dude, if they can cancel March Madness, anything could happen. No, I'm not disagreeing that it could happen. I just think that the NBA owes it to its fans almost at this point, or just society really, to try to come back. Because in three months, if this is still going on, which it will be. We are going to want anything, and we are going to want any sort of distraction. And uh, we're being quarantined now. The middle of America is not. And so they are going to— Everyone will be. At at some point, everyone probably will be, right? I'm not going to—I don't want to pretend that I know everything that's going to happen because I don't. All I do is read articles. But I just—this is going to affect the middle of America after it affects us. And we are only feeling the beginning of stages of it right now. And we don't really know how bad it's going to get. So however bad it's going to get— that is going to affect the middle of the country later, too. Uh, I would argue, though, still, morally, the NBA should try to come back because people are going to want a return to normalcy somehow. And it's never going to be normal, but something. Uh, in even It's not going to be perfect, obviously, but if you can even just do a truncated version of the playoffs, best of five series, best of three series, one and done, something where we can crown somebody and have basketball on TV. I think they owe it, and I think that they're that's what they're holding out for. So um, if they do come back, I would expect a it would be a playoffs immediately because we haven't heard whether or not that would be the case or not, right? I would expect the regular season to be gone, playoffs immediately, probably a best-of-five series in the first round, maybe best-of-five going forward the entire time. But it would be a truncated version of playoffs and not as long breaks in between games. We could even have back-to-backs. You should be the commissioner. Done. <laughs> that was a good answer. Now, I, there's, it, there's, it's going to be so fascinating to watch what happens. But I can tell you, the Joe Lacobs of the world are going to do everything in their power to ensure that the NBA season returns in some capacity. Um, even, even Joe Lacob, who his team will will not play another game this season because they were already mathematically eliminated from eliminated from the playoffs. Next question at Jesse D. Karen. Or Karen C A R O N Karan, I guess Karan Butler. Shout out. Um, did Tough you like? Juice. Did you like Karan Butler juice. with the oh, Heat? Karan Butler was my man. Dude. I love the, the Heat first, version of Karan Butler is my favorite. First interview I ever did. Wow, Karan Butler. Yep. How old were you in Sacramento? How old was I? Yeah, I don't know. I was uh, 
uh, six years ago when I first started doing NBA stuff. Oh, you mean like first out of college? First, you yeah, did interviews in college. And oh stuff. yeah, no, like first yeah. NBA interview out of college, like in my okay. in my new life yeah. as an adult. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's Crown Butler was my first NBA interview. Very cool. Um, good Top guy. Teams. Great guy. Yeah, yeah, I've always been a fan. Really underrated, in my opinion. Um, the question is targets for trade exception. Now I know this is a, a topic that you love. Yeah, you had a mail back i believe a couple months ago a month ago yeah, that sounds right that was super in-depth about this um i've written about this as well um there's it's a really complex question um because there's a lot of ways they can use the trade exception so Do you kind of want to break it down a little bit so one thing um so this the trade exception was created from the andre Iguodala trade andre Iguodala is making 17.2 million dollars a year or this this season they trade him for no money and therefore you get the entire portion of the salary back as a trade exception, uh, which the Warriors can use to, to basically salary match any player you get back without actually having to send a player back to the other team. Right. You can't combine that with another salary, but you can combine that with a draft pick. Okay, so those are the main rules. They have until you July have 7th. So going back to our other question, how does this, if the playoffs are going on in July 7th and the league year has been pushed back, and you can't execute a trade on July 7th, then how does that work? Does the trade exception expire, or does the NBA then just say, you know what, we'll give you a couple months? My argument... They would have to make it. I think that the end, because everything's on the table right now, I think it's a no-brainer that it would, you would just, whatever the, the length of time that things have been postponed, you just add that to your right. expiration date on the trade exception. I think it's no-brainer, but it's, it's, it's something to consider. Um, as far as players go... There's not a lot of great players out there. One name I hear a lot is Evan Fournier. All right, great, but do you want to pay Evan Fournier $17 million? Like, he fits under the trade exception. You could get him, but do you want him at $17 million? My argument would be no. I don't want Evan Fournier at $17 million. He He's a better player than a lot of people. But he's not $17 million worth. I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of like Evan Fournier. Okay. All right. Um, what, what, what would his role be on this team? Let's have a conversation. Bench score. Bench score at seventeen million dollars. Like sixth, seventh man. Okay, uh, which they need defensively. Not great. No, that's my, my that's my issue. I think with this pick, with this with seventeen million dollars, you need somebody who can contribute on both sides and close out games. I don't know that Fournier can do that because it's um, hard to say because he spent his whole career with Orlando. Has he been with Orlando his whole career? Yeah, I think he was with one other team. No, he's been with Orlando his whole career. Promise you, All I'll right. check right now, but I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure. Um, that, that I'm kind of surprised that that's the first name you mentioned. Cause there's a lot of other guys that I think make more sense. Yes. Yes. That's the one I, Oh, you're right. He was with Denver for two years. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. yeah he was with Denver for two years before uh, he went to Orlando. That, I know, that's not the, the, the reason I mentioned it first was that's the name I hear a lot about and I just sort of just don't love it for the Warriors. But what's the, what's a name that you hear that you like? Like what's, what, what makes sense for you? It's probably not super realistic, but I love Sabonis. Don't want not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, the Pacers are not like the way you would do. I that also saw varying top. numbers on his salary. Uh, Spotrack at eighteen point two, and and basketball reference at seventeen point two. He may not necessarily fit under the mid level or the uh, the traded player exception, right? So, but like even if he were, I mean, the whole thing is moot anyway. Though it's not like every other team doesn't know this draft sucks, right? It's that's the only thing about like. So fans in general think that you could just trade the pick. Like, oh, it's a number one pick. It's like everybody, the other 29 teams know that this draft is not good. Yeah. Like, you're not going to, like, outsmart these other teams. Like, what? No. Well, oh, wait, this draft sucks now that we have the first pick? Didn't realize it. Right. There's no Zion Williamson here. So assuming that he was under the $17.2 million, Sabonis, to get him, you would obviously have to trade your top five pick. Right. And, and the trade and the exception, which it, it's not something Pacers would do because they're legitimately good. And it just doesn't make sense with He's arguably their, their best player. He, I think you can make the argument that post-injury Oladipo, that he's, he's better than him. And even Brogdon, who's been great. Um, yeah, so. And Miles Turner, by the so, way, does not fit under the trade. So trade almost line, definitely they would have to either just use the trade exception to get someone or package the top five pick and trade down in the draft, swap picks. And use there's one other option. Trade here. exception. There's one other option here is you can package the trade exception 
the Warriors pick this year and Minnesota's top two protected picnic. There's top two or top three protected, whatever it is, lightly protected pick next top year. Top four protected. Top four protected. You'd have to take two first round picks that project to be lottery, uh, high lottery, low lottery. I don't know. I always get I always get confused with that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, top five ish uh, with the trade exception. Now, okay, that's a real package. I still don't think you get Sabonis for that. I really don't. I think mm-hmm. the Indiana love everybody like they love Sabonis. He is a centerpiece for them, and you don't want to trade him for just money and a couple of draft picks. You right. just don't do it that way. Um, Kelly Oubre. I would have said yes to before yeah. the Andrew Wiggins trade. I don't think it makes sense with Andrew Wiggins. So a few other names that make that are possibilities for trading down in the draft. Ricky Rubio at 17 million. That's my guy. Eric Bledsoe at 16.9. That's okay. Dennis Schroeder, who I really like, at 15.5. You're sure, man. Uh JJ Reddick at 13 million. Um what do you what do you so, think of those uh, guys? I, I think Reddick makes a lot of sense, but I would say no to that because he's, he's thirty six years old. Thirty six. Can he contribute right away? Absolutely. Can he help you win a championship? Probably. Can he play at the end of the games? I don't like it. So for me, what I'm looking for with this mid level exception, I want you traded Andre Iguodala to create the exception. I want to replace Andre Iguodala with the exception. So what you do with this with this traded player exception, you need to get a guy who could play in the last two minutes of a very close game, high stakes. That means that that player can defend at a high level, multiple positions, and he could do something with the ball on offense. Now, it might not mean shooting like J.J. Redick, but he could do something. Right. And so those two names that you said, Ricky Rubio and Eric Bledsoe, I've been making the Ricky Rubio argument for months now, since yeah. that first mailbag that you mentioned before. You're because, higher on Rubio than anyone I know. Um, I just I am higher on Rubio for the Warriors because all of a sudden the thing that has dogged Rubio his entire career is that he can't shoot. He's gotten better, though. He's gotten a little bit better, but he's kind of gotten better the way Rondo has gotten better in that nobody guards him like 10 feet within 10 feet. So he's just like kind of has to make the shots. So I, I, but it's not an issue. Like, are we kidding? Like, Andre Godala couldn't shoot. Like, what is the revisionist history with Andre Godala? He couldn't, he was Rondo level shooter. He couldn't shoot ever. He is a Rubio level shooter. Pretty, elite athlete, though. Elite athlete. Rubio is an elite basketball IQ guy. Elite basketball field guy like Andre Iguodala. Right there. Like, I can already hear Steve Kerr's quotes being about how Rubio is one of the smartest players he's ever coached. He just is. Every coach he's ever had says that about yeah. him. Um, defensively, he can guard three positions. Okay? And with the ball in his hands, he's better than Andre Iguodala was. And Andre Iguodala's a great ball handler. Rubio's on another stratosphere from him. So I think Rubio, and again, the thing that has dogged him throughout his career is that he can't shoot. It doesn't matter if you're playing with Stephen Clay. It doesn't matter. That is the magic of Stephen Clay. So I love Rubio's fit with him. You can put, you can have a lineup where you have Steph, Rubio, and Clay Thompson with Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green as your death lineup. That is an incredibly switchable defensive lineup with a whole lot of guys with great basketball IQ and basketball feel who can do stuff with the ball in their hands. And and work off the ball as well. Rubio's good off the ball, by the right. way. He can cut. He can do things. He does it with uh, Devin Booker all the time right now. So I love Devin Booker. If, or I love uh, Ricky Rubio. If you can't get Ricky Rubio, then I would go to Eric Bledsoe. Because he gives you some of the same stuff. Better outside shooter. Not as good with the ball on his hands. But defensively just as versatile. Tremendous wingspan. He could switch all these types, all types of different positions. Those are the two guys I'm looking for. I know the Warriors like Dennis Schroeder. I don't love Dennis Schroeder. Why? Because he can't do that other stuff. Like he can't. He's he's a negative defensively, and that's my question with him. Do you want him? Do In you some want, ways, he's like a better version of Alec Burks. And do you want to pay better Alec Burks fifteen million and fifteen and a half million a year? Did I get that right? Yeah. How I mean, I, I personally don't. Like I don't. I personally don't <laughs> think about it like that. I think you have to. Yeah. I think like you can't play. I think you just try to maximize the trade exception. And the way to do that is to get a guy who can play at the end of games. I don't know that Dennis Schroeder can. Yeah. I mean, he does right now for Oklahoma City, and that's what Thunder fans would tell you right now. But the Warriors don't want to be Oklahoma City. The Warriors want to win a championship. Is Dennis Schroeder playing the last two minutes of a finals game? You know what this conversation is is reinforcing to me? It's that the Warriors are probably going to need to use their top five pick. Well, that's the thing. That's why I make the Rubio. Uh, that's why I argue the Rubio thing because you can 
you can trade the top five pick, and Phoenix is going to be picking in a lottery. They're not going to be picking as high as the Warriors in all likelihood. Um, you can use then that, let's say the Warriors get the, let's just call it the second pick in the draft. So let's say the lottery happens, they get the second pick. You package a second pick with the $17.2 million traded player exception, and then you move down to, let's let's say Phoenix is picking 11. Okay? So now all of a sudden Phoenix can move up and pick a point guard, which they need, at the, a young point guard within Devin Booker's age range and DeAndre Ayton's age range at the top of the draft. This is a point guard heavy draft. Right. So they move up and get the point guard of their dreams. And then the Warriors move down and get a guy who's 30 years old, who fits the championship window, who can contribute right away. Right. And you still get a lot of late lottery picks where you could take Obi Toppin at 11. Right. right. Yeah. So, and some other names of guys that they could just get with the trade exception. Um, guys like. As we already talked about, Evan Fournier, seventeen million with a player option. Uh, Bobby Portis, fifteen point seven five million. Rudy Gay at fourteen million. I like that actually. I, I, I don't mind Rudy Gay for this team. Uh, Kelly Olynyk at twelve point two million. It'd be interesting to see him on a team with Draymond Green. Expiring contract next year, I think. I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure it's expiring. That. I wouldn't mind. So I'm against paying. I think the centers are against paying. Or the Warriors are against paying centers ten plus million a year, but if it's an expiring contract, I think you could deal with it. And Kelly Olynyk fits a lot. Of How does Bobby Portis make fifteen point seven five? The Knicks, million? yeah, because they just got so desperate last summer. Yep, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rudy Gay. I they actually I know for a fact they really like Rudy Gay. Yep. I, Rudy Gay is a guy that I, I think that was their their far flung hope for the mid-level exception maybe yeah. last summer. Um, I think he'd be – I could totally see him as that kind of Andre Guadalla kind of guy off the bench who is a key stabilizing force of a, of a ch- championship caliber team. He could play <clears> He <throat> could play the small ball four for you. Draymond Green moves to center. It and it honestly, it makes sense for the Spurs too because they honestly need to rebuild. The Spurs need to blow it up this year. They need to blow it up. There's and I think Greg Popovich the, needs to retire. Oh, geez. I wouldn't go that far. But, I mean, I think that the the Heat I was reading might be interested in DeMar DeRozan. LaMarcus Aldridge makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams, including the Warriors. Um, but uh, I don't know that uh, I don't know that they have much of a season left or much of a tail left on that team. So the next question I think it's worth touching upon, but I, I don't want to go super in-depth on it. I think we can kind of hit it pretty quick. Uh, at GSW Cowboy, how will all of these events impact their approach with the draft and free agency? Now, a lot of that we've already kind of gotten into, so I don't right. want to get super in-depth. The bigger part of that that I want to get at is the the extended timeline. What are the odds in your mind that they're going to have to just set everything back? And how does all this also impact their just draft preparations? Um, well, first of all, there's none. I mean, it, their draft prep- preparation is like our draft preparation now. Right. Like, honestly, it's crazy. It's go on YouTube, watch stuff. Like that is their draft. Literally, draft. everything that matters leading up to the draft is getting canceled. Yeah, the NCAA tournament, the uh, Portsmouth Invitational, and let's, and let's the Nike Hoop this. Summit. The they're not going to be even if they happened, which they probably aren't. The the uh, your European playoffs, oh, oh. the early playoffs yeah. in April and May. They're not going to be able to go to right. Uh, so they're watching right. on travel vans right. on video. Yep. Um, and the you know they're not going to be able to have pre-draft workouts. And let's they're not going to be able to fly guys in, which is huge. They can't have like it's important to get to know a guy on a personal yeah. level if you're going to invest millions of dollars. In Giannis him. was picked 15 because of his pre-draft workouts. Uh, a lot of guys were picked because of their pre-draft workouts. A lot of guys were picked, Steph Curry included, because of their tournament play, which no longer exists. Had Davidson never had that run, yeah, Steph Curry wouldn't pick you know, picked in the lottery. You know what's going to happen? You're going to see a lot more guys drafted late first round, second round, like good names we've never heard of from Europe. Uh, because I, also, I, I think that those gonna, guys that normally yeah. play themselves into a, a draft yeah. selection in the in the tournament aren't going to have that chance. Um, we're also going to probably see we're we're going to see a very fluid draft board. Um, because there's not really enough time for it to solidify, right? So I think that you're going to see some weird stuff happen in the lottery. Where you're like, wow, they picked that guy, right. and the wow, they picked that guy, that guy. There's going to be like a lot of Thon Baker the, type situation. Well, he might end up being the best guy in the draft. I mean, right. might be best pick value picking draft. So like, I've had way too much free time on my hands lately, the last couple of days. So I've gone and looked at like in depth, looked at some of these guys who are being projected 
late second round, you know, yeah. European guys. And some of them are kind of intriguing. I was and, text- and I could see them, yeah. you know, rising on draft boards. I was texting, texting somebody the other day and he was telling me, like, we're going to see now more think pieces on second round picks than yeah. we've ever had. And I was like, yeah, man, like, that's kind of where we're at right now. Yeah. Because there's no point in going back and watching NBA players. Was that Sam Vecini? No. Uh, okay. Jonathan Sharks, Ringer, shout out. Okay. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it's interesting because that's what we're going to be doing a lot of. I'm going to be drafting. It's fascinating. Year. And, and it's, it's kind of unfortunate for the Warriors because they are drafting in the weakest draft probably in over half a decade since 2013. And they happen to draft their most important draft pick in a very long time comes in a year where they have the least – Amount of information. This will be. They will have the least amount of information taking this player than anybody has ever had, like within the modern era. Yeah, I will back. say that knowing this whole time that they were going to be drafting the top five, there's only a select number of guys that really have had to zero in on. Yeah, unless they think they're going to trade down. That's the thing. Um, uh, I, I, if they, if you end up with the number one pick for the Warriors, I think the choice is pretty simple. If you end up at number three, you're kind of in a or number two, even yeah. I, if Anthony, as long as Anthony Edwards just goes number one, which we don't know if he will, depends on who gets number one. Uh, but you're in a real situation there where you have to trade back and you're unknowing of what's going to happen in front of you. And you're going to have to kind of just hold your nose and, and just try your best. Um, unfortunately for the Warriors of all the teams in this situation, in the top of the draft, they're the best off regardless. Uh, what, no matter what happens with the pick. Right. Uh, but you want to, like you said, I mean, this is, it's still a huge pick. You want to come away with this year from this year with something more than like, you know, a couple of nice rotation pieces. So the next question from at Ian Vest, and we've kind of hit on this a little bit, but we haven't really answered this specific question. What are Lamella Ball's chances of landing at Golden State? If the Warriors are high on a wing, who is it that they have their eyes on? So We've kind of talked a little bit about Lamelo Ball, what our opinions are. I don't think either of us are super high on him as a top five pick, potentially even top three pick, um, potentially even number one pick. I think that there is a very, 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 very low percentage chance that he ends up playing for Golden State. People I talk for several to, reasons. Yeah, the people I talk to don't like. Like I shouldn't say they don't like Lamelo Ball because that makes it sound personal, and I think there's a lot of connotations to the Ball family. So I don't. I, I just. They under, I think they view, they see what Lamelo Ball does well, and they value what it is. I that think he does that well, if they loved they don't him, view him as a fit for. This I think team. that if they loved him as a player, they would deal with his dad. I think they would yes. deal with all that, even though Steve has openly criticized Lavar Ball publicly. I think they could get over that, and I think that they that would not be a deterrent for them taking him. Yeah. Um. And but I think they honestly just don't love him as a player. And he's not a good fit for this roster. And I agree with you. I think when you're at the top of the draft, and we've never seen the Warriors in under this regime deal with a top pick. Okay? And I agree with you mostly. You just take best player available at this point. I would argue that Lamelo Ball is not the best player available. Period. I don't think he's one of my I don't think top he should be I don't guys. think he should be a top three guy, personally. Um, but he's up there because this draft is garbage. But some of the things said, he does are so incredible, though. I was watching video of him the other day, and it's incredible. His court vision is unreal. You need to get rid of – you need to, like, kind of sift through 20 minutes of BS to get to those things. His highlights are the best highlights I've seen of anyone in the draft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but does that mean he's going to be the best NBA player? And the highlights that he has are passing highlights. And he's not going to have the ball in his hands as much as he does right now in Australia. And he just won't. Not with not with the Warriors. With other, another team? Absolutely. But not with Golden State. And while you and I can argue best player available all day, and I think most people would argue best player available or fit, the Warriors, through their actions, have numerous times said they provide they they value fit over talent in a vacuum. They do. They did it with D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. They downgraded from a player uh, a talent standpoint, inarguably. D'Angelo Russell is a better basketball player than Andrew Wiggins. I don't think anybody can argue that. Andrew Wiggins is definitely a better fit than D'Angelo Russell, and I don't think anybody can argue that. They picked fit over him. Let's go back to Klay Thompson versus Kevin Love. Kevin Love was a top-five player, okay? Everybody was saying that they were nuts to not trade it. Like, you, we, we understand it's going to be clunky, but you kind of have to do it. That's what every talking head said. And they were right, kind of. But the Warriors ended up being right because Klay Thompson ended up turning into this top-15 player. 
If by the way, if Clay Thompson didn't turn into a top five fifteen player, they probably would have looked stupid for that. But he did, and because he was a great fit with Steph in that backcourt. So they have routinely picked fit over talent, and that's why I think when you get down to it, they're going to provide. They're going to like a guy like Anthony Edwards who can play off the ball, like Denny who has a role to play off the ball. You know, even an Obi Toppin. Players like like we're getting to different tiers of the draft now. But those are the players I think that they have their eye on. Guys who could play off the ball and do a little bit of stuff with the ball in their hands. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and versatile enough defensively. So a few names that I, I know you've heard some of these names too. Uh, guys I know like the Warriors really like. Uh, they like, generally speaking, they like Edwards. They know he's flawed, but they like Edwards. Of the top three guys being mentioned, Ball, Wiseman, and Edwards, they like Edwards the most. Um, they like Halliburton out of Iowa State. I was trying to remember his name. So they like Halliburton a lot. They like McDaniels out of Washington, but he's definitely a project. Yeah. He'd have to be like if they traded down late lottery. I think Halliburton's a possibility. And the reason I say that is he's small-ish, but not super small, but good wingspan. I yeah. Think. Um, tremendous basketball feel. Yeah. And actually among the people that are, were, are being talked about in the lottery, the most productive season. Yeah, and the best season. Iowa State's having a better year than all these other play- these other yeah. teams. So I, I think Halliburton's very much on there. They really like Obi Toppin. Um, it, it it Obi Toppin is a an interesting one because it's I think that of all the guys you look at in this draft, he's the one I look at and I think he can come in day one and be a key rotation piece for them next season. He fits their system. He has. He skill set wise, he especially offensively, he fits what they try to do. Um, Does he render Eric Pascal useless? To me, he's very similar to Eric Pascal in a lot of ways, and that's a thought I've had as well. Um, but I, the biggest reason why I think they wouldn't draft him is I think that when you're drafting that high, upside matters. Yeah, and you, I don't think he's a guy who's going to be an all-star caliber guy. I think he's going to be a really good rotation player in the league for a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I could be wrong about that, but the guy's almost 23. Yeah. Like Um, 23. He'll, if he was drafted, he would come in and be older than like half the roster. Yep. You know? Um, yeah, I think Obi Toppin is sort of the guy you pick at the end of the lottery if they have to trade down. But he's not going to be available at the end of the lottery. That's that's why it's he that's why be. it's tricky. I mean, those guys, those guys always slide, but you can't plan on it. To your I mean, you can't plan he, on it. To a lot point. of teams like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I so, mean, he's like he's like the John Morant of this year. Only he's two I years think older. Just sort of put a bow on this conversation. I think what you're looking for with this pick, regardless of where it ends up or who it is, you're looking for somebody who can play a role on a team. That is trying to compete for a championship. And that might not be the number one player on that team. It might not be the number six player on that team or the number seven player on that team. But it's somebody you can walk in, contribute a little bit, that has enough upside that five or six years from now, when you need that player to start showing that upside, yeah. can start developing into somebody more than what they are. To right kind of now. build off that though, going back to our Denny Avia uh, conversation, I don't think they need a guy who's going to be like a key piece next season. Like, I don't think they need a guy who's going to be a difference maker next season. I think they're going to be good regardless next season. And you, it's okay if you took someone like Denny Avia who's who's maybe next season, maybe he's like a fringe rotation guy. But in a few years, maybe he's legitimately one of your best players. I think that's an okay gamble to take. It depends on the rest of what they do in the offseason. Um, so this is our last question, and I think it's a great question to end on. Um, at Nick Tonks, number six, do you agree that Jordan Poole's potential could be a multi-time all-star if he <laughs> continues to improve and finds a contis- consistent jump shot? Now, you chuckle when I ask that question, but I've heard more absurd questions. Do you agree that Jordan Poole is a potential Potential could be a multi-time all-star. Now, the guy asks potential, okay? Okay. Could be a multi-time all-star if he continues to improve and finds a con- consistent jump shot. Uh, I hate this question. I love it. Um, I think you love it because it's – all right. 
I'm the guy driving the Jordan Bell or the Jordan Poole uh, bandwagon. That's me. This is my lane. So, dude, get off my corner right now, first of all. Like, this is what I do, all right? I'm the Jordan Poole guy. And you're taking this question and now you're going to make me sound like the anti-Jordan Poole guy. Because there's no freaking way he's going to make ever an all-star game. He's only 20 years old, dude. I don't care. He's the 20th pick in the draft, man. This is not Tony Parker we're talking about, okay? This is Jordan Poole, who's a good player. I think he could be a very high-level rotation player. But I'm not even talking about high-level starter. Yeah. All right? But I think at number 28, you get a high-level rotation player. You've, you've won that pick. Yeah. You have won. I mean, let's talk about the other 20th pick that they took a year ago. Okay? <laughs> He's not going to be in the league in a year from now. Yeah. Jordan Poole, I think, is going to have a very long career, a 10-plus year career. But he's going to be a rotation guy. He's not going to be an all-star ever. Okay? He's, like, his frame does not jive with frames. Like, let's just look at him physically. Okay? I don't, like, personality, skill, take it all out of the equation. Just look at his physical frame. He does not look like an all-star, okay? You look at guys like Steph Curry and Trey Young, they get to all-star level because they are transcendent from into... Physically, he's kind of similar to Steph. I know, that's what I'm saying, though. Steph is transcendent in a ve- and, and Trey Young. They are both transcendent in two very important pas- basketball skills. Jordan Poole is not, okay? He is not a transcendent shooter. Even if he continues to get better shooting, he's not going to be Steph or Trey Young, all right? Passing, he's not even close to that, even though I think he's a great passer. All right? He's just not. Okay? So, let's, like, who are we kidding right now? Like, what are we doing right now? I yeah. hate this question so much. I love Connor. it. I love it. I, I, and, can I, and can I finish my little soliloquy on this? I think Jordan Poole's awesome. I really like him as a person. I really like him as a basketball player. I think his basketball feel is incredible. Uh, to me, I've always been high on him as a ball handler more than a catch-and-shoot player. And I have, I have been on this. Before everybody else, including the Warriors, by the way, I just want to say, all right, I'm on my soapbox right now. <laughs> he is not ever going to make an all-star team, but he's going to play an important role for the Warriors at some point, And he is going to be a memorable player for the Warriors, like Andre Iguodala was, like Sean Livingston was. I don't, I'm not going to say he's going to accomplish as much as those guys have. I, I don't know how many championships he'll win, if any. But he is going to be an important rotation player who will be remembered fondly by the Warriors fans. Okay, you're passionate. I mean, we I we had we each had questions that got us feeling some type of way. For me, it was the weird mock draft thing that we <laughs> tangent that I went on, and for you, it was this. Um, <laughs> I I just want to put this in context. A few months ago, every person, probably including the person that asked this question, thought he sucked ass. That's right. Yeah, thought he was the worst player in the NBA. So the fact that you would that anyone in the world would ask this question a few months removed from him being the worst player in the NBA, arguably, is this testament to how much he has improved. Um, Would you give him most improved warrior if that was an award? If if you're talking about in season, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Um, he, the thing about I, I will say about Jordan Poole is he has this kind of like undeniable X factor about him. Yes. And it's hard to describe. It's hard to articulate what that is, but there's been a lot of, he's got this like wiggle about him. Like there's something about him. There's the confidence, the swagger, and he's got some tools that are really unique. And I think the warriors are even pleasantly surprised by what he is because he's much more than they thought he even was when they drafted him. You know, they thought he was this catch and shoot guy. And and here he is tinkering as a, as a, as a ball handler, as it was the starting point guard at times. This toward the end of the season, and um, you know, I really like his his skill set. I, I really think he has the potential to be a really helpful piece in a winning team, which, like you said earlier, is a is a fucking win at number twenty eight. There, there have been in the past twenty years, there have been two rotation players right. drafted at twenty eight. That's what we're talking about right now. Literally two. Yeah, and this guy wants. And to the only ones All-Star. are Tony Parker, multi-time yeah. All-Star, All-Star, Hall, Hall of Famer, Famer, Hall of Famer. Yeah, no doubt. And Wayne Ellington, who's a legitimate solid rotation player in the NBA, but nothing like studly. And I think that Jordan Poole has the potential to have Wayne Ellington type career, maybe even better. That's a which good which which yeah. is a win, you know, like. Wayne Ellington has helped multiple teams win multiple games. <laughs> That's it. 
like most twenty-eight overall picks, you don't get that. You yeah, and, and people were so down on Jacob Evans, and I'm like, look, he is not good. Okay, he's not an NBA player, but he's drafted twenty-eight. You know, there's actually more value historically early in the second round right. than late in the first round. That's right. Which is, which is why the Warriors smartly have bought into early in the second round because it's a much better value, right. generally speaking. Um, anyway, I think that, I think that's it. Uh, Wes, Can I really – one more thing about Jordan Poulton? No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Wes, <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. This was a really long one, but I'm trusting that our readers are just as bored as we are and hopefully you listen <laughs> – you listen to all this because uh, I think there were a lot of really interesting topics hit here. And you know what? We have, we're, we have nothing but time to pontificate and to speculate and to do all these things because uh, there's nothing but time. And I actually me. might even be taking off the Warriors beat in coming days temporarily, temporarily. Let me, let me, uh, let me throw that in there just because there's, nothing to really write about, about the Warriors. You know, I can, I can throw things out there, but uh, you know, we might need some help on the coronavirus coverage and I'm a team player. So I will do that. But even if I'm doing that, Warriors off court will continue to come out at least once or twice a week because I love doing it. And I'm guessing that uh, I'm guessing that Wes will be joining me at times because <laughs> we're probably going to be hanging out with each other. So maybe uh, <laughs> Wes, I appreciate Thank it. Uh, thanks for having me as always. Uh, stay safe. Wash your hands. And remind us where Don't we can find Chris. all your stuff. Uh, Twitter at WC Goldberg. And I have links, everything there. Our thanks to Wes Goldberg for joining me on the podcast. It's always great talking Warriors with him. Warriors Off Court is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Support Warriors Off Court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.